There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by Baymaya. If you're not familiar with what Baymaya is, listen up, guys. Baymaya is a free mobile wallet app available on iOS and Android, so everyone can get Baymaya. And get this, if you download the app, you better be using our code WWPAYMAYA. Once again, that is WWPAYMAYA. You'll get 50 pesos on us for free just when you download the app. In this time of social distancing, you can securely pay for your groceries, your bills, and even send money to your loved ones in a non-contact and cashless way. And I think that's the type of innovation we all need in this new normal. So remember, don't pay cash, pay Maya. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. I said give me a hell yeah! Hey, this is Zayda Zayn. Hey, everyone. This is Jeff Cobb. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. Hey, this is TJP, the Phil and Flash, and you are listening to Stan, Roll, Chino, and Camos on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. You are listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast on Podcast Network Asia. Stan, Ciro, Moran, Raf, Camos, and Chino Liao together again. Recording uh, uh, MECQ Season 4. Technically, uh, it's a new season, right? Because it's a new... It's a spin-off. We've yeah, spin-off, spin-off territory. So we're in Joey oh, territory. <laughs> yeah, but at this point, none of us have gone back to work. Oh, well, yeah, no, yes. well, I have. I, I've, I've been working this whole time. No, no I mean, like, back have you been office, going to the office? Mean? Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. No, pero may mga tao who go have gone office? back to work. Yeah, but didn't you go to the office? I did, better just once. I just had to go get the song files namin. And it turns out I never even needed to do that because everyone was just in a panic. Na, oh, what are we going to do once we go to MECQ, once that uh, happens and whatever. Instead, we all just figured out that we can probably keep broadcasting uh, on wave from home at uh, you know at, at this moment. So, yun, yun lang ginagawa namin ngayon. But I have been working uh, throughout May, so that's something I'm actually thankful for, which is more than I can say for some other people. So, you know. Mm, yeah, that's good. At least you have something to do, and you know you're not a total bum this whole yep. time. Yep, uh, I know Kamas isn't a bum either. How about you, Kamas? How, how how have you been keeping yourself afloat? You know, there are just some days, <laughs> but uh, it's it's a slog. Like the past few days have been a slog. Um, well, uh, it's hard. It's hard to talk about. Like hard. It's hard to do my kind of work where it's. Where it's always it's all COVID all the time, and it hasn't stopped. And like I just this week is the first time in a while now we're 
we're doing something na not uh, virus out outbreak related or outreach related. Sorry, not outbreak. Haha. <laughs> but yeah. So that's it. Like I don't have to leave the house, but it's tiring. Igao Chino, have you gone out of the house in a while? No, not at all. Not for the past two months. There's no reason for you to. McDonald's comes to you. Yeah, exactly. There's no reason for me to leave, so I don't leave. Um, my family, <laughs> the family that is here, got a guy to run errands for us. So uh, one of our messengers who needed a job still and is you know pretty healthy. Uh, wanted to work, so we gave him like he's now our errands person. So if we need something from the market, he got a runner grocery, boy. Yeah, basically he does it for us. Because poor senior citizens, kasama ko din sa bahay. Like my aunts and yeah. my uncle, they are not young, and my cousins are you know pretty young still. So these they don't really want to leave the a house as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, that's how we've all been trying to get by. by not going out. Sorry, uh, No, for sure. Nababato kami lahat. But, I mean, look, it's a Wednesday today. Yesterday was a Tuesday. If it were a normal Tuesday, I would have gone to open mic. I would have gotten a haircut by now. But those things aren't possible, diba? So, <laughs> you just... Yeah, I, 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 do I want to go to the mall? Sure. But do I want to not die more? <laughs> <laughs> I want to die more than go to a mall, right? So all you people going to malls, think about that before you step inside an SM. Yun hindi ko maintindihan eh. Like, I don't understand uh, bakit sobrang kating-kati yung mga tao na lumabas at pumunta ng mall. I mean, if you have to go to the grocery, go to the supermarket, diba? or go to, your, uh, go to your market, go to your grocery. Sure, I'm not gonna stop you. But for everybody who's just uh, itching to step inside these malls, man, hindi ko talaga maintindihan. Yeah, dude. No, no, I get it. No. I get it. I, I totally get it, though. Uh, it's you know something you miss. It's, it's it was a huge part of our lives before the disaster happened, and uh, you can't really blame anyone for missing these places wherein we had some you know good or you know okay memories. And yes, it's terrible. It's reckless. But at some point, you do have to go. You have to go somewhere to stop yourself from going crazy. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just don't feel safe. I don't feel um like I have peace of mind just stepping out of the house. I had to go out of, out of the house today just to uh get something from a Lala Move guy for uh, something in order ng parents go. And even then, alam yung sobrang planning na ako. When I went home, I just uh, took everything off uh, and and ran straight to the showers and 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 stuff. So uh I I can't have that paranoia out of me because of how mishandled everything has been. And then you have um you have good old Diebold saying, oh, let's just move on and uh, getting pardoned by by the president. I don't understand it. I don't understand how people are still okay with this. <laughs> oh, you know what really sucks? Before coming on this call, it was, uh, no, it's Duque who's saying that we're under a second wave now. And, well, how can you actually say about Fuck this shit, man. Yeah, uh, so we're probably going to be bitching about this still for the foreseeable future. Um, so yeah, I, I really miss the studio. I miss being able to go out. I miss uh, the the bars and the restaurants that we would hang out at. Uh, I, I miss, miss seeing Ryan's face. 
I miss the locker room of uh, Power Max Center Spotlight. I miss all of these things, but we still can't have any of these things yeah, right dude. now. You know what I yeah. miss right now is just a proper haircut. Like you sit down for the experience of a haircut. So Bruno's barber somewhere, right? and they give you the hot towel after, and they rub your shoulders after. The whole full service experience. I just miss that. Like I know it won't be the same if I cut my own hair. So I just miss the whole experience. Which is why I've been so keen on saving as much of, of my money as I can so that once Bruno's opens. That's the only time I'm leaving. That's it. Not for nothing else except for a haircut. And a massage. And yeah, the, the requisite massage after, sure. Yeah, massage and sounds really nice. On your now. face. Ah. <laughs> 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 I mean, when you watch Survivor and then the rewards come out and the survivors are like, oh, you're part of food dozens. When the food is presented to them, like that's us right now, imagining. Uh, the basic services, we yeah, program, like uh, you, you, or like you, you, one of the B rolls they run of the castaways on the beach, just daydreaming about food that they miss. Oh, <laughs> for us, it's massages, uh, and uh, for the women, like manis and pedis, uh, or just walking at the mall. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, that, that is the new normal. It is not normal at all, it is not fun. Um. Yeah, uh, even wrestling is not fun, and um, I, I hate Nothing that we have to talk about, I, I hate that we have uh... to talk about wrestling under these circumstances. But uh, there, there is some news, and we got to start off with the disappearance of Chad Gaspard, former WWE superstar, uh, best remembered for being one half of Crime Time alongside JTG. So um, over the weekend, he uh, he and his son were out at sea. And then a riptide, uh, a riptide happened, and both of them were were at sea. They needed to be rescued, and Chad Gaspard's last act was to instruct young rescuers to take his son. And I I don't know who any full full details of this, but couldn't they have saved Chad as well aside from his son? No, they went one way with they found both of them, and no, then no, no, wait, 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 because, wait, wait, okay, it, you tell it was it, one, it. it was one lifeguard so. Uh, I, I was reading about this book now, and uh, yeah. the lifeguard spotted both of them, and then he saw that one of them is huge because Chad is a huge ass six foot six pro wrestler. Uh, he had to choose, or parang he was thinking in his head uh, who he was gonna or how he, he was gonna take both of them back to shore. But about Chad said na, uh, to take his son instead, and by the time they had gotten back to the spot. Uh, he wasn't there, or he was pulled under the, the surf. So that's the story of what happened. Anyun, um, so okay, so I'm just reading about this right now. Uh, it this happened at Venice Beach apparently, and it was newly reopened. So I guess it was their first opportunity to go out and just enjoy the beach, and then nakaran ng ganito accidente ganon. Yep, basically. Yeah, because riptides are not predictable, diba? They're not like tsunamis that just you know you can at least predict that. Ang pagkakalam ko sa riptide, they just happen from undersea currents, right? For those of you yep. who know, it's not correct. it. It's not like it's 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 just something that happens. It's a freak thing, right? right. It, right. Yeah. It's it. It's one of those things. Now, if you're far out enough at sea, that's deadly. Like even if you know how to swim, riptides are gonna get ya. Yeah, because itatangayin ka pa babaran yun, eh, ba? Eh, mm-hmm. eh, pretty helpless by by that point. 
Not yeah, I guess I, 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 I guess I was just gonna ask, kung, you know, why they were out there in the first place. But if it says that um, Venice Beach was newly reopened, then I guess you know, um, you know, these people were going through the same cabin fever we're going through right now. So they took the first opportunity they could to just go out and enjoy the beach. <sighs> it is upsetting that this happened this way. Yeah, uh, so um, according to the news, uh, the LAPD has called off the search. But are there other rescue efforts like from the Coast Guard or whatever? Nope, that's um, they did come in when, you know, when they were able to call for backup, like immediately in the, like not the man in the moment, but after his son was saved. So it's one of those times that there is, you know, there is a sliver of hope until they find... They find a body, like that's knock on wood, but it's doubtful because you don't know. Yeah, and I see parents ha- are a mess. Yeah, I have a the friend of my, no, sorry, the dad of my friend got uh, swept by a flash flood during one of the worst tropical storms out here. I think this was Ondoy or Millennial. I cannot remember which one, but. The body wasn't recovered, so and that was just a flash flood. That was on land. So what more if you had the entire ocean to cover? It's it's a pretty tragic way to go out, you know, as far as ways to go out are concerned. Yeah. So right now he's considered missing. I don't know until when uh, they're gonna keep that status until they officially declared now na But yeah, uh, as Kamus said, it's pretty tough to find. Uh, Prayers or thoughts go out to Shad and his family. Uh, we just really hope they find the body. Yeah, um, it's, it's really tough, really unfortunate situation to be talking about. Um, since uh, we're on the downswing of things, I guess, um, I, I want to talk about Dark Side of the Ring and the latest episode, actually season finale, which aired a few hours ago on Vice. So it's about Owen Hart, and I was actually excited about this ever since I found out that the season finale was about Owen Hart. Um, I first heard about uh, the the scope of this episode on the Talks Jericho guesting of the producers and the, the directors of Dark Side of the Ring. So it's the first time since uh, in over a decade, basically, that people are hearing from Owen's widow, Dr. Martha Hart. And I think it's also the first public comments of his kids who are now adults, uh, Oja and Athena. They're mm-hmm. right around our age, uh, late 20s, early 30s. Uh, Owen's son is now a lawyer. Owen's daughter is a journalism major and is now pursuing a career in journalism uh, journalism as well. Um, there are a lot of details that are very jarring that you'll hear from the documentary. And like Tayo as wrestling fans, we've known the story about Owen Hart uh, tragically passing away at Over the Edge in 1999. We know those uh, those details, right? But there are other smaller details that uh, are, are revealed in the documentary na sobrang jarring like the clip that they used um, it's shown in the documentary uh, Dr. Martha Hart actually has the particular clip that was attached to Owen instead of using a rigging carabiner ang gamit nila was a clip for the mast to sailing wow and it was meant to only support like 6 pounds ito yung tipong clip na dapat mag-release so it can release the mast in a ship Mm-hmm. Or in a yacht, or in whatever uh, boat at sea, and the fact that whoever was rigging Owen Hart thought it could support a two hundred forty pound dude, like what the fuck? Uh, man, yeah, it's like just... I've, 
I haven't watched the whole thing, but I've I got to the part where JR JR comments about how you know he was asking Kevin Dunn about what's the status, what's the status, and then Kevin Dunn actually tells him he's dead, okay, and you're back in ten nine. Oh my god, that ah uh, yeah, that's man. messed up too. That's messed that up too. That is so fucked up. Um, it, oh yeah, it was a comedy of errors. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think we all know now by now, as wrestling fans, we all know that it was uh, a lot of negligence all around. Yeah, pure uh, negligence. Yeah, there's no other way to explain it. Yeah, um, I came away from that episode of Dark Side of the Ring just feeling so deflated. Uh, I, I was uh, chatting with you guys about Sabiko. You know what? I I'm in a dark place after having watched that. I can't watch wrestling for the rest of the day. Um, I had to go and turn on my PS4 para makapaglaro on NBA 2K just to get my mind off it. Like that's how dark it was for me. Now we're already in in this era of of the pandemic and there is little to any joy at all out of wrestling. And then I watched that and I'm like, great, I'm back. Um, it, it's really just depressing, but I also think it's really worth a watch in the sense that um, you know, you know, if you, you've ever needed a time to just be informed about all these things, all these stories. Uh, from the wrestling industry, now is a good uh, as good a time as any to just lose yourself in this content. Mm-hmm. That's there's so much to pick it, up. Uh, yeah, so much to pick up. So many stories. Um, so many points of view as well. Because you never really hear about the points of view of the people who were there, like D'Lo Brown, uh, the Godfather, who were on that show. Uh, you know, um, as as we mentioned, Jr. Uh, Jim Cornette also gives his point of view. I believe he was still in WWE at the time. Or Queen yeah. Diman, uh, he he at least knows Owen, having managed him professionally during Owen's career, and um, you know, very interesting point of view, nung widow ni Owen, because uh, for the longest time, uh, like there there are rare public comments out of her. Uh, mm-hmm. She goes into detail as well about how it really divided the Hart family. Now we know that the Hart family has never been the same ever since yung yung tragedy na to, but uh, one of the reasons why is because there were um, some of the brothers of Brett and Owen who actively got in the way of the trial or actively got in the way of Martha pursuing evidence to, to sue WWE, thinking that I might need to uh, work with Vince McMahon someday so I can't like throw him under the bus like this. So imagine that. Oh, man. Like, it's, it's, it's layers upon layers. Like we said... It's like if the tragedy is layers upon layers, the family drama is another layer of all of this. You coming from one of those, you know, the Hart family is one of the biggest names in wrestling. Like that that group, that family, that uh, entire entity is hard to, you know, ignore. And if they have to do what they have to do, man, love. It's yeah, it's just a really, it's just a really sad story. Um, just a really sad story. Uh, I, I can't imagine a, a a more depressing way to go out for this season of Dark Side of the Ring. And I think with every show I watch, uh, every time Uma Abba to finale, I just get all deflated, right? Because if I'm great now, now what I'm, uh, what am I gonna watch, right? So I'm na concern, you know, with everything else going on. But you know, this is just me. Um, I'm thinking openly here. Yeah, and there. Uh, those are. These sorry, are, uh, is, go. sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I just want to say that's actually one of the reasons why I don't 
and have not gotten around to watching this season's Dark Side of the Ring, it's because from what you guys are saying, it's really fucking depressing. And I'm depressed enough as it is. So, parang, bat ka pa pagdadaanan yan, diba? So, it's it, like... I mean, it's, it's, it's called the Dark Side of the Ring for a reason. It's not called the Light Side of the Ring. Yeah, it's just, yeah. I mean, yeah, I I don't watch it to like be happy, but I watch it to like learn shit. You know, like yeah. I didn't know about see si Herb Abrams, the promoter na uh, Estafador din pala. You know, like I I didn't know about that story, or I didn't know everything there was to know about Road Warrior Hawk. So last week's episode on the Road Warriors was also pretty cool, right? Yeah, so, I mean, there were things in season one that I appreciated, but this season two, if, if from what I'm getting, is a lot heavier than season so one. So. No, no, yeah, Chino, just know, watch man. the new Jack episode. I promise you, it's it's oh, yeah, the yeah, right yeah. one you'll you'll okay, see. Okay, that one I've been hearing good things about, so maybe yeah. Go watch it; it's funny yeah. at least. See, yeah, the new Jack see, episode's pretty funny. See, Savior Woods talks about New Jack and um, Two Cold Scorpio a lot, so at least that. Yeah, because New Jack is a character, and uh, if if you listen to the interview of um, creators of Dark Side of the Ring. Sobrang daling kausap ni New Jack. Like, they, they were able to locate him and, and reach out to him. And they just asked him, uh, Hi, is this New Jack? Yeah. Uh, we're doing this documentary. Are you willing to be interviewed? Yeah. Yun na, tapos na. Like, wala, wala nang kontrata, kontrata. Walang ibang tanong. Sobrang daling kausap. So, you know. Anyway, uh, let's segue now to some other news going on in uh, the world of wrestling and talk about Drew Gulak, who... Um, whose contract expired over the weekend or sometime late last week. And as of now, he's not contractually um, connected to WWE. But the update there is that there are negotiations. Tama Baro, like they're, they're under negotiation right now? Uh, I don't know if they're currently under negotiations. All I read was that the negotiations aren't dead. And for all I know, those may be two different things. So what happened was that his uh, contract expired uh, after Friday night. And I think we all know that the last week's episode of SmackDown was taped long, uh, a while back, no? Yeah. Uh, if if not a f- last month, last week after Money in the Bank, right? Because that's when Anna, Correct. Uh, they taped the shows. So apparently what happened was that Gulak wanted a race. And I think he deserved one of them after right. moving yeah. from 205 Live to SmackDown. And they... Didn't want to give him a raise, so instead of giving him a raise, they just pulled his. Uh, they just pulled their original offer to him, and then, voila, there's no more contract. So that's what happened there. Yeah, um, kind of a weird time for this to happen, especially with the pandemic. Um, you know, if if he's not contract, uh, kung expire lang yung contract niya, that means there is no 90 day no compete clause. So theoretically, if there were wrestling going on, like we we probably would have heard of Drew Gulak appearing again on another promotion. As, as early as now, but uh, clearly that's not the case. Yeah, apparently, uh, I mean, I, I think he wants to stay because he asked for a raise, right? Yeah. He wants to stay, so they just don't want to pay him that, or they just don't want to pay him more because, yeah, they're save, trying to save money. They don't want to spend too much of it. But if he wanted to go to AEW and if AEW was interested in him, he could, he has uh, all the rights to do that because, yeah, he doesn't have the no compete clause right now. Yeah, this news to me is shocking because. Uh, literally minutes before I read this online, I was actually listening 
to Drew Gulak's interview on After the Bell with Corey Graves, and mm-hmm. he just struck me as one of the most um uh, one of the most enthusiastic WWE people that I've ever heard. he was happy being part of the WWE, and he was happy getting to sit under the learning tree of guys like Brian and even John Cena picking their brains in uh, backstage. So, so for me to to hear this, hey, I like Drew Gulak. I like seeing Drew Gulak. I like learning from what he. I like hearing him tell us what he's learned um, in all his years in the Indies, and then to suddenly not see him anymore. It's it's pretty sh- it's pretty jarring. Yeah. Um. So okay, let's contrast that with the news that came out about the Undertaker's new fifteen-year contract, which uh, was reportedly signed last year after he was supposed to be booked oh, for an in Starcast, Tamaba. Yeah, Starcast too. Yeah. That that big uh, event that sent Shockwave to say it was a non WWE event. That yeah. he, it would be the first non WWE event he would appear ever. So yeah, apparently, so- Vince got mad. <laughs> Uh-huh. Vince got mad at that and signed him to a 15-year contract that would, you know, take him, uh, take care of him well into his old age. Yeah, on uh, one hand, I think it's a good thing. It's like Vince showing his loyalty to one of his generals, the guy who's been the locker room leader for the longest time. But at the same time, I kind of don't know how to feel about that, given that they're all trying to cut costs and they let go so many people. And Undertaker really only ever appears like once a year at this point, or maybe twice if you compare blood money shows, or if you count the blood money shows. Uh, the thing naman there is na okay, it's it's the same. Okay, what's the who was the basketball equivalent of that? Like who signed that seventeen-year Magic Magic Johnson? Right? He had that ridiculous contract at the end of his yeah. career. Same yep. banana, same banana with this. Like it's just a matter of well, we're gonna do this for for this guy. Is anyone gonna complain? No, not really. Does it make sense? Absolutely not. But uh, yeah, at this point, you can't, like, you can't, uh, are you going to shit on WWE for giving the one guy who stuck around through everything flack? I wouldn't. Chaka, if I can you... Only, I can sorry. only guess, sorry, sorry, Gina. I can only oh. guess on what the terms of the contract are, and we don't know. Uh, it could very well be, you know, just paying him per big uh, WrestleMania appearance or, you know, road to WrestleMania appearances. And then, you know, the rest is merchandising. So maybe okay lang din for them to keep it because he's only going to appear once or twice a year, as you all said, right? So mm-hmm. maybe it's okay. I don't know. Yeah, um, ako kasi... They thought it was worth keeping. Sorry, go, go, go. go. Sorry. Ako kasi, with what I'm seeing here, uh, especially with what I've seen from The Undertaker after watching the first ep of Last Ride, uh, he the, the reverence he has for Vince McMahon and the loyalty that he has for the WWE is unmatched. Like you can talk about Roman Reigns and John Cena being through WWE guys, pero wala si Undertaker. Undertaker was just even in his tenure and the WWE, he still treats Vince McMahon like his boss more than his. The, more than his calling, like he treats Vince with such reverence, and in, in the uh, in the episode that it's very very shocking, because he's the Undertaker, and even he knows not to bite the hand that feeds him. And it's if the WWE is going to go to bat for anybody, it might as well be the Undertaker. 
Yeah, you can see that in how they're paying tribute to him now with the last ride. Um, and and it's also hilarious na halos sabay siya lumabas along with the last dance. And now, of course, everybody's comparing the last dance to the last ride. Now, um, can I, just, I, I guess for us rightfully fans, so, rightfully so, I, I guess so. for us wrestling fans, it's kind of on relative magnitude. Pero come on, let's be real. Um, the creators of the last dance were sitting on that footage for over twenty years. Etong the last ride, they've only been sitting on this footage for three years. Yeah, but it's still it's still stuff you never thought you'd see. Like that's, oh yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, for there, sure. There's some there's some people that it's like okay, wait, shit, what we like? Okay, um, how do I frame this? For us, I said like uh, uh, the 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 four of us here, uh, we we grew up seeing Jordan and seeing the Undertaker, and it's not one of those things that. You know, with Taker, now we're jumping so far back into what he's done. Now we don't know about that stuff, like, um, like the Last Dance itself, the Bulls, the Bulls stuff. There's stuff there that you're just like, I never in my wildest dreams would think there would be footage of. It also Undertaker. It's like it's still within the realm of possibility. Eh? Now, oh yeah, there's a camera backstage at um after he lose after that match with Triple H. I'd buy that, diba? And the subsequent WrestleManias, you can buy that because that stuff can be set up under WWE circumstances. But well, nah, it's it's not it, it's not as impactful. No, because I've always like I I didn't expect to see footage of the Undertaker talking to a young Kurt Angle, a young Chris Jericho, like they showed in that first ep. Because he, yeah. all, he was a guy, if you listen to the podcast, the, the Stone Cold interview, the Stone Cold he, was podcast, guy, yeah. he was a guy who lived the gimmick. So he didn't talk to anybody. He tried to keep to himself. He was really quiet. He was just brooding in the background. He, he's like a tall dude. So intimidate And when you see this footage of him, of him being so sociable and talking and giving guys tips, it was... It was very surprising to me that they had footage of that, that they put that on tape because he, he seems like a guy who doesn't want to have anything on tape. Yeah, uh, there's one scene in part one where Undertaker's checking into the hotel that they were at for, for WrestleMania week. And then as he's checking in right behind, and there's Roman Reigns. And that was the year that they were fighting for WrestleMania. yeah. And then Taker looks at Roman Reigns and go, damn man, you can't even keep kayfabe for 10 minutes. That's like tatawanan silang dalawa. And then the concierge were laughing, like they were in on the joke. It was really surreal to watch that happening. And then you have Michelle McCool just in the distance, or seeing Undertaker talk to old timers, the Teddy Biasis and the Teddy Longs, and shaking their hands, and just you know, just him being a human being. Yeah, he was getting he was yeah, because he was jokes. never a human being. <laughs> he was the he was, he was the Undertaker. Joke. He was a goddamn undead wizard. Yeah, they 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 re- they've really doubled down on the whole wala nang Undertaker, Mark Calloway ka na. And then you do whatever you yeah. want. Like you're only Undertaker in memory now. You're really actually just Mark Calloway, a 50 plus year old wrestler. No, I, I think see Undertaker himself, it's in the man behind the character, Mark Calloway, was just as much a part of it as WWE or as the documentary team was. Because even in that first uh that, that first title card that says that in 2017, uh Mark Calloway finally allowed um cameras to document him for, for a documentary or whatever. 
So even that, I guess you could see that he also felt na it was the end or or that the end was about to happen. And then uh, see Chris Jericho, he's actually uh, recorded as saying na parang na feel niya na eh, and everyone sees it. So it's kind of weird to have have these talk, uh, have have this this camera team following the Undertaker around. So yeah, um, it uh, when when you watch it from that lens. WrestleMania 33 really would have been the perfect end to The Undertaker. And, you know, knowing what we know now, it, it's it's just odd Nah, he's still going and we have this documentary to celebrate him when, you know, it, it's not really over. Yeah. Yeah, I we're really just, thought like, we're at the tail end. So annoyed it yeah, wasn't. At... <laughs> Sorry, go, Kamas. No, it's like, we know we're at the tail end, but it's not the end, diba? No, but it should have been the end. It really should have been because uh, everything he did—the the, the hat and the gloves in the ring—that uh, was it, it. It really was uh, symbol, emblematic of what should have been the end of his career. But Champa Vince can't stop going to the well one too many times, and here we are. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that Saudi had to happen, and you know Goldberg and the Undertaker had that craptastic match I mean- uh, that legitimately almost killed the Undertaker. I mean, they brought they they brought Shawn Michaels out of retirement for Saudi. So to see the Undertaker put his life literally put his life on the line for Vince for Saudi, it's not surprising given how loyal, given how loyal he's been to the WWE. Yeah, uh, I I haven't seen part two yet, and I think part two does cover that Goldberg Undertaker match. And then um, as the weeks go by, these next three weeks go by, we'll see the, um, the last ride reach its crescendo, uh, for better or worse. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm going to watch it, probably just not today, because uh, Owen Hart and his story just all the joy out of wrestling for me for today. So I'm going to have to recharge. It's <laughs> Right. Uh, are, are we ready to move on from The Undertaker? Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's finish off this episode of the podcast by previewing AEW Double or Nothing. I don't know if it's already this weekend, so thank you guys for reminding me that there's actually a pay-per-view on Sunday, Manila time. Uh, so yeah, it's AEW Double or Nothing. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page right now, and the poster has Mike Tyson on it. But I'm guessing that this poster <laughs> was pre-coronavirus. Nope. No, it's not. He's involved. Dude, he's... What's he? Spe- yeah. He's not the special enforcer. Oh no, yeah. he's presenting the TNT Prese- championship. There. Yeah, he's there. presenting That's, the championship. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's he has actual make papel shadito. AEW. This is what this is what I find hilarious about AEW. They keep they keep relying on these old timers. Not that okay, Mike Tyson. If you've seen his latest Instagram videos, he can still kick he ass. Can like still he can still go. He was he was back into fighting shape. It was so scary. But for this one, seeing Mike Tyson in another wrestling uh, gimmick is just. Come on, stop ripping off the WWE. We get it. You're relying on old guards and old tropes. But come on, guys. You can do better. Yeah, uh, so Double or Nothing is taking place at the MGM Grand uh, Grand Garden Arena in Paradise, Nevada. Uh, so that's near Las Vegas. And um, it's going to be in front of no sorry, audience. Correction. MGM Grand Garden Arena is actually in Las Vegas. Uh, I don't know why they call it. Oh, Paradise. okay. But yeah, no, but no, no. What... The, the strip is just called Paradise. That's officially the. Oh, that's called Paradise. Yeah, the okay. government name of the strip. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. Cool. Um, so yeah, no audience. This is weird, as as usual, as every wrestling event has been uh, in the time of Corona. And we have eight matches on the card. So let's go through them one by one. Starting off with a match I don't give a shit about. Private Party. Two people I don't give a crap about versus best friends uh, to determine the number one contenders for the AEW World Tag Team Championship. So, um, medyo silito for me because isn't the point of rankings to easily determine the number one contender and aren't the Dark Order the number one contenders? But because they aren't competing because of the coronavirus... Am I am I getting this right? Like the rankings yeah, don't matter as much from based on whoever available. Yeah, based on last week's AEW, which I suppose sorry, Tama, it's not the last AEW before double thing, but based on last week's AEW, you explain the law when it was private party versus Jurassic Express, if I'm not mistaken. And in commentary, Excalibur actually explains that because best friends versus Jurassic Express, sorry, yeah, I'm sorry, sorry, best friends versus Jurassic Express. And Excalibur actually explains that because of the virus, uh, the dark order are put to the side and private party, ah, sorry, best friends. I actually have a strong uh, contendership for the title, so I don't know why they have to have this other match. But I'm going with match yeah. I, I say best friends. It's just best friends. I yeah. say best friends. Yeah, because um, like yeah. it doesn't feel like they're ready to make private party. They're put to put private party in that position. No, private party hasn't really done shit. Like since the pandemic, they haven't been on TV. Atong last episode uh, ng Dynamite, it was just them in the audience. So, yeah. Yeah. So sorry. The argument can also be made that they haven't really done shit since facing the Young Bucks for that tag team tournament, diba? Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm guessing true. it's the best friends' time to win and and be number one contenders. Um. Quick question before we get to the main card. Is Double or Nothing AEW's equivalent of WrestleMania? No, I don't think so. I mean, Meron na ba? May equivalent na ba sila ng WrestleMania? Or wala pa? Wala pa. Okay, I, I just had to ask. Alright, let's move on. Uh, MJF has a match with Jungle Boy. Yeah, uh, pretty sure it's MJF's to win. So yeah. they can reestablish him. Yeah, yeah MJF. Yeah. Agree. Okay. Uh, next up, you have another singles match between Doctor Britt Baker, DMD, and Chris Statlander. Uh, th- this, one, this one looks exciting. I'm uh, I, I am I'm seeing this as a win for Doctor Baker. Yeah, uh, who has been great with, as of late. Uh, yeah, yeah, they've on, been pushing her a lot. As of late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. See, they've been pushing her a lot, and I feel like they're setting her up to be the next number one contender. Who whoever wins, and she Nala Rose. Yes, yeah, let's talk about that because the Nyla Rose Hikarushida match is a no DQ, no count out match for the Women's World Championship. And um, for, for a match like this, given the story, parang feeling ko sobrang underdog talaga si Hikarushida. But why do I have the feeling that she's going to win this one? So there's a feel good moment. It's possible. I don't. Um, I think uh, they got what they needed to get out of Nyla winning the first time uh, a few months back. So there is a good chance that this might happen. Yeah, diba? just, nah, it's, it's Hikarushida winning, then Doctor Britt Baker becomes her next, uh, her next challenger. Yeah, because those Shida Britt Baker matches have been pretty good. Like yun lang yung isang match na yeah, hindi ko for the most forward. part. <laughs> that, 
from from the past AEW, even if it went like 15 minutes. It was just, it was pretty good. So as uh, so I if this happens, I'm excited. All right. Yeah, let's it move sounds on like to the, the next matches on the card. All right, uh, we've got a casino ladder match for a future AEW World Championship match. So the contenders are Darby Allen, Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Ray Phoenix, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, Frankie Kazarian, Luchasaurus, and TBD. So hindi ko alam kung one more competitor or if may iba pang wrestlers na papasok dito sa match. Um, I'm also not sure what they mean when they say future AEW World Title match. I mean, is, it, is it like money in the bank? They money can cash in the bank, like, yeah. Well... Basically, you would think so, but it's not as clear to me also. Yeah, it also makes sense because they're in an actual casino, right? To put something like money in the bank where, all the, where you bet everything on the line and you double down. So it makes sense to have a money in the bank type of element in it. Um, with, with regards to who wins, I honestly can't tell you. Uh, my my pick is Darby Allen. They've also been pushing him quite hard for for this past uh, quarantine shows. Yeah, and and they're kind of hinting at a Darby Allen heel turn. First, nung, uh, when, oh, wow. when Cody had that confrontation, and then um, I'm I'm not sure where they're going with Darby Allen and Taz, but I wouldn't be surprised if they swerve us all. Tapasin pala Taz is going to be Darby's manager as a heel. Well, yeah, I, I would be, be I would stand right behind that. Uh, that was good. Yeah, so um, I'm predicting Darby Allen just like Roe did. Mm. Okay, Chino. Yeah. Okay, I would go Darby Allen, but for some reason, I feel like you TBD Manalo, eh, like whoever that is. Oh yeah, actually, Megan and they they might slot the somebody big in there. Sino well, the the ba? Yes. Who who else? Who else is left? Na walang ginagawa. Like who who else can they pull? Diba? Like know, unless that slot is No, I was gonna say, unless that slot is freaking what's it called? Um uh, Drugulak. Then uh, I'm cool with it. Diba? Yeah, I was gonna say Pac. Or maybe Zack yeah. Ryder debuts here. No, but he's stuck. Oh, yeah, maybe Zack, Zack Ryder debuts, yeah. Or maybe you know, Rusev here? debuts. No doubt it's Rusev. Diba? No, you don't you never know, man. You never know. So <laughs> Phoenix, I mean, Phoenix, anything can happen in all elite wrestling. <laughs> Isn't that the promise? Yeah. No, anything can happen is the promise in basically any TV show. So, like, uh, I was just making fun of that. You're off. You're right, a survivor um, high, aren't you? That sounds I'm so sorry, survivor. What? That sounds so survivor. Mm, nah, no, not really. Okay, uh, let's get to this next one. The tournament final for the inaugural AEW TNT Championship featuring Mike Tyson. Uh, it's Cody versus Lance Archer with their respective managers in their respective corners. Lance you know Archer, what? Though, for sure. Uh, Lance, they can't bring Cody? a big monster in. Yeah. Wait, you, you make, the, oh, you make, the, make the Lance Archer. I'll See, take okay. Cody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make the Lance Archer argument, Ro. My pick was Lance Archer because he was brought in as his big monster. He was touted as his big signing. And his first big uh, shot when he fired was uh, against Cody. So if he falls flat here uh, against Cody at a really big match, then it's kind of it's kind of going to sign a death sentence of sorts for his uh, AEW run. Okay, okay, that's 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 it lang naman. Uh, you, you, you call your shot, you come at... 
you come at Cody and then you lose. That's that's the argument na lang, no? Yeah, that I, makes sense naman. It but does. for me, uh, sige, my, my counter-argument is that Cody has been built as the, I, I guess, one of the top baby faces of AEW, if not the top baby face. And uh, he fell short in the AEW World Championship chase. Justifiable naman, but there's that caveat that he can never challenge for the World Championship again. And if Cody falls flat here, parang wala na siyang, alam mo yun, wala nang credibility si Cody as yung top babyface. But it's it's not just as top babyface. Eh, Cody as a whole has been, like as a character, uh, has been losing a lot. And it's like, if you want some kind of uptick in how... In, like, I, I don't think the, he's been losing yeah. a lot though, Camus. I would argue no, I that... Mean, across across the whole... Go, wait, no, go, go, he go. wins a lot, but he loses in the big matches. He loses yes. when it matters. And I think that's equally damning. That's that's sort of where I was going. No, no, I don't you really remember agree. the losses. Okay. I think it's okay for him to lose a lot in these big matches. He's a baby face of money. And then you it when you pair him in with uh with Lance Archer, who's a huge monster, it's okay for him to lose to a guy like that. So I don't mind him losing because he can always pick up the momentum back up. That's yeah. what you can do with underdogs all the time. Yeah, faces always look better when they're chasing after something. So I'm with Roe on this one. I feel like the bosses are going to put over newer talents, as they've been doing uh, when since AEW started. And Lance Archer is pretty new. I like this. We haven't really had a back and forth or like contrasting opinions like this in a very long time. So can I just say this is pretty refreshing? <laughs> because what right. if we had to fight about this? What? Like, what what like logically? What if we had to to fight about over? Yeah, nothing really. We've all been aligned. We've just actually been pretty boring. So yeah, this is <laughs> nice. It's, it's good. Because like for me, because it's it's gotten to the point now. Whenever I watch Cody, it's like, oh come on, just give it give it to him already. And I know like as a from all sorts of angles, what makes sense is that you build that anticipation. But at this point, it's like. You're freaking bringing in Mike Tyson for this stuff, like for this type of show. You need a shot in the arm because, well, you do. You really just do at this point for for them. So let's see. They trust the big guy to make the to make the match interesting, but I want Cody to win. That's it. Okay, so All does right. Mike Tyson knock anybody out in this match, like he did HBK? Uh, no. Feeling ko ceremony lang siya. Tagal labas, taga-present lang nung TNT Championship and then they make him get the fuck out of there. Yeah, because they, they did the same thing with, you know, with Brett and the, you know, and the yeah. AEW Championship that first time, di ba? Yeah. Yep. Just, just have him do that. Exactly that. And don't hurt anyone. Alright. Uh, let's proceed to the sta- uh, stadium stampede match. It's basically an empty arena match featuring Matt Hardy and the Elite, Adam Page, Kenny Omega, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson versus the Inner Circle. Feeling feel like match na riot, eh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like just oh, antics abound. Like with yeah, I would probably watch this because it's the pinaka cinematic upside. Yeah, this sounds like this. This just has all the potential to go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I just want the riot. Yeah. Yeah. I want. I'm gonna put my money. Sorry, uh, Chino. Sorry, I want just to see antics. Just 
make Matt Hardy kooky again, you know, have him. I mean, he's he's still kooky. He just no, doesn't yeah, have no, his I don't what you mean. anymore. Like, like, I just I just want him to, you know, get revenge for Vanguard One and just and make Jericho like a like you know funny again, you know, make make him a serious threat, pala. So that's no, they've been doing things na super creative then like in that uh that uh parang no holds barred type of tag team match yeah. between uh Jericho and Sinta Sammy Guevara versus Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy but in one moment they got rid of Matt Hardy he came out as Matt Hardy version 1 then they got rid of him yeah. and he came back out the mask was so that was pretty cool and I think we're going to see more of the same here in this uh, stadium stampede match yeah, yeah. let's see okay, let's see what happens um the faces he, win because uh, the the heels have been yeah. beating up on them for so long now, for sure. Yeah, I say elite. And even yeah. in yeah, even in even in like traditional elite like storytelling, it's about time for them to win. All right, and let's top it all off with the AEW World Championship match. I think at the yung main event nila because I don't think AEW is gonna try to pull a page off of the WWE's playbook and you know nah. carry the world title. Uh, it's going to be John Moxley and Brody Lee. This I'm excited has, for this because we've never yeah. seen Brody Lee in a main event matchup like this. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, but I, he's never, I also don't think he's going to win. No, yeah, of course. But I also don't see. He, I haven't. I'm actually surprised that he's gotten such a strong push on his first uh, tenure in AEW, in his first few months in AEW. So it'd be, it'd be exciting. But I say John Moxley. Yeah, Moxley. Yeah, this is one of those, you Mox, know. Yeah, it's a Moxley filler match. Just to you know, the pad is rain. Yeah, and at the same time, it's like okay, you give you give Brody Lee his chance to really tell people who are not familiar with his work how good he can be as a singles guy. Yeah, there, mission accomplished. I, you got the best yeah. dance partner. Yeah, it it also does a lot to legitimize the Dark Order as a. An actual threat, and instead of just a bunch of cronies just huddled together with this one dude, you know, like even if Brody Lee doesn't win, I feel like with his performance in this match, is gonna go a long way with helping the reputation of the Dark Order. Yep, I mean, all right. How many how many people are still in business after this, deba? That's uh, there's. I mean, like I'm sorry, I'm looking, I'm zooming out a lot. Na parang. How how many chances will you get to legitimize a guy like Brody Lee who deserves it? Right? How many shows do you have left that people will be watching? So this is a good chance for them. This is a good chance for everyone to sort of step away from what they think wrestling can be and enjoy this. No feeling quite at the very least, it probably sets up another match. Like I I wouldn't be surprised if the Dark Order um just invaded the ring and then caused a disqualification win for Mox. It just becomes a, a grittier feud from there. But at the same time, it's like uh, I think they would have, they would want to, uh, like, not not the I'm trying to think of the word because it's more of a comma, like a hard comma, on this instead of a full stop that they could do. Like they can come back to it down the line, but like not an ellipsis. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, I, I guess for me, it's just like, it's not like we're all going anywhere else. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, there. Right. 
That's, Those that's are our it. picks. Those are our predictions for AEW Double or Nothing, which is happening on Sunday, Manila time. So Saturday in the States, May 23. It's at 8 a.m. Manila time if you want to catch it live off your favorite uh, pirated streaming sites. In the meantime, um, we're, we're going to be ending another episode of the podcast with our picks of the week. Right, uh, I think Chino was the one who called dibs first, so I'll let you go first with your pick. Okay, my pick actually changed a lot because I just finished SmackDown, right? How many before, times? <laughs> before recording. Okay. And I'm yeah. actually picking the promo of Sonya Deville with Dolph Z- Ziggler looming in the background. Now, the reason I really, really like this is because they're giving a chance to Sonya De- for Sonya Deville to actually shine and show off her personality and not just be, oh, I'm a lesbian fighter. You know, she's actually developed an edge now, thanks in part to her partnership with Dolph Ziggler. She she's given she's given a sinister edge to her character that allows her to be a true heel and some somebody who just plays in between the lines. Uh, with Mandy Rose, you know, before the whole Mandy and Otis thing happened, that's kind of where I felt, that's kind of where I thought she was. And so now, this partnership with Dolph Ziggler allows her to be a true heel. Also, I like now there's a heterosexual partnership, a guy and a girl, who aren't in a relationship with each other. I mean, because um, Mandy, uh, Sonya doesn't swing that way, for one. But also, uh, because... Dolph Ziggler is at a point in his career where he doesn't need the title and he can just play mentor to another uh, wrestler. And so I like the fact that he's mentoring uh, Sonya Deville in that sense. And I want to see more of it. All right, uh, Kamas, what's your pick? Yo, my pick is from this week's Raw. Seeing Apollo Crews and Kevin Owens back in the ring is making me happy. So their entire stretch against Selena's group of guys and where that all goes, just it, it's it's a fun watch. Like for me, the Kevin Owens show bit is a fun watch for me. And you start, you just take those segments, the match itself, and from the Kevin Owens show onwards, all oh, that's good shit. All oh, it's good shit. Like it's it's the type of stuff that makes me like able to tune in because there's still things worth watching and that was one of them. Alright, uh, how about you, Ro? Any pick of the week, Mo? Uh, my pick of the week is simple. It's Thatcher Riddle from last week's NXT and their implosion. So watch that if you can. Yay! All right. So I was going to pick uh, like Dark Side or The Last Ride, any of these documentaries. But since Chino passed on it, I'm going to recommend that you watch Daniel Bryan versus Drew Gulak on SmackDown. Uh-huh. No other explanation needed, really. It's yeah, it's pretty good. It's always good. It's always good. Yeah, and if, if uh, that's Drew Gulak's last match in WWE, I don't mind him going out this way. Yeah. Yeah. It could be so much worse. Yep. All right. There you have it. Another episode of the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast in the books. Thank you so much to everybody who keeps the podcast alive, to our friends from Podcast Network Asia, to Babyface producer Ryan who makes this happen. And uh, if you want to check out more content here on Podcast Network Asia, you can check out Chino's brand new podcast called The Class Clown. Yeah, Chino, tell uh, tell Uh, me about Last Cloud with Chino Liao uploads a new episode every Wednesday and Friday. I do two a week. I believe this Wednesday 
this episode uh, is actually with our good friend, Ange Pasumal, where we talk about uh, screenwriting, script writing. It's also in this same episode includes stand-up comedian and solid okay writer, Andrew Bernardo. So we go really deep into what the essence of screenwriting is, how you work with a partner, and how UB screenwriters come up with ideas, where they start out in the industry. And then this Friday's episode is all about finances. Uh, we talked to a financial expert, Jewel Alandoni, uh, about financial planning, financial literacy. Also in that same episode is Ryan Remsarita. Uh, and the reason he's in that episode, because he's uh, the classification. Niya. He's a very cheap person, very Spartan lifestyle. Uh-huh. So and, and uh-huh. it, it makes her a good episode. And if you guys want to learn more about money, uh, be on the lookout for that as well. And also, finally, guys, for next Wednesday's episode, you might actually like this one because I talked to a fitness trainer. That's right. Talk to a guy who exercises professionally. And he teaches No, I didn't do actual exercises. Okay, I just talked to him about exercise. That's why you survived. Why, why, why aren't survive. you doing them, though? Why um, aren't you doing them? Because I'm only here to host the podcast, Camus. I'm not here to actually... I I talk to a chef. You don't see me cooking pizzas now, right? <laughs> I was going to ask, because like... So, so you're making life changes, like actually yeah. trying to be a better human I'm being. Trying to come up with content. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to come <laughs> up with content. If if I talk to, uh, I'll talk to a few more guys as the weeks progress. Because hindi pa naman matatapos ng corona quarantine. So it's just up there. Just go on to Spotify and type out Chinaliao or Class Clown, and you see it up there. Alright, uh, we've also got some new podcasts on the network so you can check out this new one called All In. Uh, let's talk about this new one first. It's called All In and it's brought to you by The Refined. It's hosted by Noel Nagiat and talks about the people who live their authentic self and live all in. And in the podcast, he talks to entrepreneurs and industry movers and shakers from all over the world. So check that out. And my new podcast, On Deck, which uh, hasn't really dropped yet on Spotify because we're saving it. Uh, two episodes in the bank, so the first one uh, features Renzo Magnaia from Play FM. I got an industry legend in Delamar, formerly of The Morning uh, the morning Rush. You can also hear her currently on The Eavesdrop alongside uh, Fran and Jelly Victor. So she, uh, she joined me on a, a very revealing episode and she gets into so many behind-the-scenes stories about her career, and uh, her and Chico's partnership as they move between radio stations, the politics, and everything else that goes down uh, over there. I'm actually excited for that three. One. Yeah, episode three, which I'll be recording tomorrow, is, uh, is is with my boss, my station manager at Wave 89.1, Sarge, or formerly known as Sergeant Pepper. Uh, he was the guy who spearheaded Magic's run to the top as the number one top 40 station in Metro Manila. So, um, lots to learn, lots to talk about for sure tomorrow. So, I'm going to drop all three episodes in one go by next week uh, when I'm MIA after I get my wisdom teeth extracted. So there. Wait, what? You can get dental surgery in this time? Uh, yes. Yes, you can. All right. Uh, on that note, we got to get out of here and uh, put this episode in the books. Thank you very much for sticking around for this episode of the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. You know where to find us 
at Wrestling2XPod on Twitter and at Wrestling Wrestling Podcast on Facebook and on Instagram. Individually, the handles are at underscore Stan C, at Rose War, at Caveman Camus, and at Chino Supersized. And on behalf of Babyface producer Ryan, Ro, Camus, and Chino, my name is Stan saying we're out of here. Thank you very much and please wash your goddamn hands. Bye. Peace. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.